welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 22nd of October 2017, entitled A Christian Life, A Life of Opportunity, Part 1. And the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 30. Here's Brother Paul Arrowsmith. Good to see you. Lord bless you. Uh, I just pray that it'll be, uh, the rest of the service will be a blessing. Uh, just been blessed by those, uh, those choice of hymns. I think it's a good, a good thing, I'm grateful, that um, I, I left the choice of hymns to, uh, to Pastor Daniel and the folk here. Uh, I, you know, I just, just, uh, just thank you, you know, thank, thank the Lord for, thank you for that choice. Um, I was once in darkness. Wow, that, I haven't heard that for ages. I love that hymn. I love that. Uh, because I was, I, once upon a time, I, you know, I, I, before I became a Christian, I was, uh, I was a young man of the world. Uh, I was a young man of the world, and the world's going, you know, the way the culture is that way, is that way, and the Lord, you know, got hold of me, and said, no, this is the way, this is the way, walk in it. Uh, you, you know, I realised I need, I'm a sinner, I need a saviour, and I just thank the Lord that uh, he kept me out of trouble with the police, I won't go into that. Uh, and I'm just thankful that he, he's led me in the right way. Uh, as I say, you know, I've let the Lord down many times since I became a Christian even, but, you know, he's not let me down, and I just, just thank him. Well, well, there is a Redeemer. There is a Redeemer. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Um, you know, did you notice the name of the lady who wrote it? Did you notice the name of the lady who, who composed There is a Redeemer? What a testimony. You read those words, you sing those words, it lifts you, doesn't it? And you say, praise the Lord, there is, there is a redeemer. Melody Green, she was the wife of, anybody know? Keith Green. Uh, Keith Green, uh, who was, uh, he was just, they were just sold out for the Lord. And sadly, Keith Green, we say sadly, Keith Green uh, went to be with the Lord. It's not, it's not a sad thing that you go to be with the Lord, but, you know, when you're bereaved of someone, uh, as of course his family was, uh, he died in a plane crash. Uh, but of course he, d- he didn't die, did he? Because when you're a Christian, your body dies, but you go to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body, to die, is to be present with the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Did I hear an amen? amen. Oh, I did, yeah. Is this the amen chorus over here? You're going to you're gonna have to compete a little bit perhaps there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Well, let's just have another word of prayer before we come to the word of God and see what the Lord has for us in uh, the first chapter of Philippians. Father in, in heaven... Thank you for each other, but thank you mostly for our dear Saviour. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. It's just wonderful to belong to Christ. And we thank you, Father, for those who are teaching the younger ones, the children. Thank you for bringing them uh, and those that teach them. We just pray for them, Lord, that you just open the hearts of these youngsters, that they learn to just get that, uh, that sense of something of the greatness of God, how great you are, and something of the wonder of the love of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, thank you that you sent your son to be the saviour of the world. Thank you that you cared about our salvation, you cared about our lives, our purpose, our eternity, uh, and, and how we could live our lives, and what opportunities we'd be taking up and following and making the most of. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. Pray now that you'd help us to be really switched on to what you have to say to us this morning. It's been a little while. Some have been here for an earlier service as well. So it can be really easy to just drift off. But, Father, we pray you'd help us to, whether we, whether we have to close our eyes and rest them, uh, that's, uh, that's fine. But, Lord, help us to keep our ears open, and especially that our hearts would be open to what you would have to say to us. 
So, Father, thank you now, and we just pray that you, we just enter into what you have to say to us in your word. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Right, now, how good's your memory? How good's your memory? I hope it's better than mine. You say, well, what's the point of coming here if your memory's no good? Because we're not going to hear anything much, are we? You're going to forget it all. It's going to be two minutes. Well, thankfully, <laughs> there we are. There's the secret. And, uh, and so we do have a, a couple of pages here to, um, to remind me, to jog mine. So thank you, Lord. But how good is your, mem- your memory? Uh, I do remember some years ago, after I trusted the Saviour, someone called me a bad name. Has anybody called you a bad name lately? I don't want to be called a bad name. Oh. Do you know what that name was? I've given you a clue already. You're a man of the world, aren't you? Oh, don't call me a man of the world. No, when I, when I surrender my life to Christ, I'm going, not going that way anymore. I'm going this way. I know who I'm going with now. I'll turn my back on that way. But uh, I think, I, do you know, I need to do this, right? They look much the same. But the big difference is those are bifocals. I won't see you quite as well. I won't see you quite as well. Won't be too bad. But um, it does mean I can see what's in front of me. So if we turn to the scriptures, I did give you a clue earlier when I mentioned it's Philippians chapter 1. That's pretty much a giveaway as to where we'll be. Philippians chapter 1, and we'll be reading through from verse number 1. Give you a moment to find it in your scriptures. I'd like you to have the first verse in front of you when we get started, so you're not having to catch up. Philippians chapter 1, you know, and sometimes when I'm in, in church, I, this is just to give you a chance to catch up, and somebody says, right, I'm going to read such and such, and they're straight into it. Oh, hang on, I'm finding it, I'm trying to find it. Where, you know, give me a couple, know where it is, give me a couple of minutes, well, a few seconds. But there we are, Philippians chapter 1, and uh, trust you've got your scriptures, and it's in front of you. So here we are, Paul, Paul, another Paul. I just, you know, Paul, well, I've, got, I've got a lot to live up to, haven't I? Well, I never will, but I'll, I'll do my best, but by God's grace. But Paul and Timotheus, or Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, Paul says, upon every remembrance of you. Isn't it lovely to be thought of like that? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he, that is God, which has begun a good work in you. Has God begun a good work in you? Has he? Oh, I trust so. I trust so. But being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, until that day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to be King of Kings, Lord of Lords uh, over this world and to put everything right, to change everything to how it should be. Verse number seven, even as it is meet or right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. I have you in my heart. And that's what it's like between believers, isn't it? I have you in my heart in as much as both in my bonds Uh, And in the defence and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. We share in this together, in other words. Verse 8, for God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Uh, And this I pray that your love, your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ, all the way, 
Verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. For I would, you should understand, brethren. That's what these people are to him. They're brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. But I would understand, I would, you would understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me, remember as a prisoner for the faith, uh, the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Wow, that's great. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest or made known uh, in all the palace. Ooh, right, he's, he's having an influence in the palace. And in all other places. Wow, that's an area of influence, isn't it? And he's a prisoner. <laughs> what can we do when we're not prisoners? Uh, we've, got, we've got a greater area of opportunity, haven't we? And many of the brethren, verse 14, many of the brethren in the Lord uh, waxing or growing confidence by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. What an influence he's having, not just on winning the lost to Christ and the gospel spreading, but on those who are already Christians there. They're being encouraged. Some indeed, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. Um, some things are hard to understand, the motives in some people's minds, but there we are. Verse 16, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He knows that he all works together for the carrying out of God's purpose of the salvation uh, in his life. Um, and so we, we just look on there a little bit further. In verse 20, just going down to the end of the chapter, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also in Christ shall be magnified, so also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labour. Yet what I shall choose, or what not, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to choose. For I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to, be, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's going to, he's going to carry on staying alive. <laughs> he's going to carry on staying alive as long as God gives him life for the benefit of, of those uh, he's reaching and ministering to. Verse 25, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the furtherance, for your, for your furtherance uh, and joy of faith. That you're rejoicing, he cares about their rejoicing, he cares what, that, you know, their heart attitude and, and their joy in Christ. He wants to see that joy in Christ uh, in them. Verse 26, that your rejoicing may be more abundant, more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. When, I, when, I, when I'm no longer a prisoner, God willing, and be with you, and oh, it'd be great to be together. We can rejoice together and we can continue in the, in, in, in serving the Lord together. Verse 27, only let your conversation, that is your manner of life, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. 
that what God is doing in your life, despite the circumstances, they'll be dismayed at, but you'll be encouraged. Verse 29, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you see in me and now here to be in me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, I was talking to a pastor all oh, years ago, um, and he referred, to, <laughs> he referred to his message, his sermon, as a sausage sermon. <laughs> What's this about? Sausage sermon. And it was a sermon that, you know, you can, you can just slice off, slice off as much as you've got time for, and you may not have time to deliver the whole of the sausage, the whole of the, what you've got to, to the folk that are listening, but they're going to they're gonna get as much as there's time for, and they're going uh, to get, yeah, it, it'll, it'll work. You know, you may not go all the way, but there's plenty there, and, and it's a bit, it may be a sausage sermon. I don't know where you're going to get the whole sausage today or whether you're just going to get part of it. This, this might have to be a two-parter. You know, I might be inviting myself back at some time in the future, maybe. But we'll see how we go because, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed, putting, you know, just, just in the Word of God here and thinking about it and just seeing what, uh, what God has to say. Okay. Now, I wouldn't want to be called a man, or, a man of the world. Uh, verse, if you look in verse, Philippians chapter 1, Verse 1, the first verse that we were looking at, when we think about the Christian's life, uh, that verse has two words to get us off to a good start. A good start. And don't we want a good start every day? And don't we want, perhaps uh, if you're not a Christian yet, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, you need a good start. And, uh, and here we are. Saints and servants. Those are the two words. Saints and servants. The saints... Uh, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that, that we're better than, than everybody else. It doesn't mean that we'll never do anything wrong ever again. Uh, it means that we are set apart to serve God. We're set apart to, you know, we're, 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 we're not to just carry on living any old how and just for ourselves, but now we belong to Christ. Saints and servants, whose we are and how we're different. We're to be servants. We're saints in Christ Jesus, servants of Jesus Christ. Now, earlier in his ministry, I think probably as far as I can gather, it was perhaps three, four, five, six years earlier in his ministry, Paul wrote some really helpful words to the believers in Rome. Remember, we're looking at Paul's letters to the believers in Philippi, but when he wrote to the believers in Rome, uh, he said this, uh, Romans 12, verses 1 to 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies... That is your whole selves, everything about you, including this stuff, you know, that takes your places and where you open your mouth and say things and, and just everything about you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Don't, don't get, go back to being men and women of the world. We're to be men and women of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Really helpful words. Now, in any conflict, in any conflict, um, it might be on the football field <laughs> or it might be on the battlefield. In any conflict, what's the first thing to be sure about? You say, oh, that's easy. Which side you're on? Yes, got it. Which side you're on? That, that, that's so important because everything else follows from that. If it's on the football field, if you're on this side, you're kicking that way. If you're on this side, guess what? Yeah, you're kicking that way. Which goal are you aiming at? 
you're aiming at one goal or you're aiming at another goal, which side you're on. If you've already surrendered your life to Christ, or if you're seriously considering becoming his, this message is for you. This message is for you. If you think, I'm not interested at all, well, I don't know why you're here, and <laughs> you think, well, it's not for me, but it, you're here, and that's great. You're here. And so, yes, if you're his, or if you're thinking about being his, seriously, this is for you. Right. If we look at verses 1 and 2, uh, if you'd be looking at the Scriptures, okay, and I'll be talking to you, uh, and just, um, well, let's just do it this way. Okay, go to the Scriptures, just looking at verses 1 and 2 there. We'll just uh, recap on those. When Paul says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. How are God's people to relate to each other? We see it here, don't you? We see it here. Let me just ask you this quickly. Have you heard this definition? Have you heard this definition of a, of a local church? Somebody once said, oh, the church is where people bounce off each other twice on Sundays. What do I mean by that? Yeah, just time for a quick hi, nice to see you, have a good week, and out the door afterwards. You know, just have just a moment or two and off you go. Well, well. Can church be that shallow? Can church life be that shallow? How did Paul communicate when he wrote his letter? If we follow his example, what lessons can we learn? Surely, to communicate intentionally. To communicate intentionally. So we think about things. We, we, we think about the person that we're speaking to. We're not looking to overlook anybody. We're looking to sort of draw near to one another. And, and, and take a, a real godly interest in one another. And, uh, and, and, and so maybe you think, well, I could do with some tips. I could do with some tips. Well, you could ask thoughtful questions, not, not intrusively, but with kindness, taking that genuine interest. Ask thoughtful questions like, how's your week been? That's an easy one, isn't it? Do you know, I ask people all the time, how's your week been? How have you been getting on since I last saw you? And, and that just opens, you know, that, that gives them permission to, to say, oh, well, there's been this or there's that, and whatever it is. And then you're finding out. You're finding out how they've been getting on. And, and, and you know, you can, <clears throat> you're building that relationship. <clears throat> you might say after the service, you know, was, was there anything that stood out for you in the service today? You know, in the ministry or in the singing or in... You know, just listening to Brother Malcolm talking about those, those scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures. I'm thinking, praise the Lord, those opportunities that are being taken. And those scriptures, yeah, Lord, pray that they'll get to their destination safely across the waters. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. The things that will say, oh, yes, I might say there's this or there's that. And you think, yes, now that you mentioned it, I'd have forgotten that if you hadn't have mentioned it. But, yeah, thank you for reminding me. Maybe listening and asking God to direct that conversation because you can seek to be a blessing. You can look to be a blessing. Do you ever think of yourself as being a blessing to that person that you're speaking to? Isn't it wonderful to be a blessing? So seek to be a blessing. And it's not just from you to them. Seek for others to be a blessing to you. Be ready for others to bless you because it is two-way. You could share something that you learned or you could share something that you decided during the meeting. Something that's happened between you and God. Wonder what it was. You've got a testimony about that then. You could tell somebody, you know, God spoke to me about this and during the meeting, not through my ears, but through the word of God. 
you know, as I heard, as I heard, as I heard this explained or that explained, and you know, I never realised that before. I never realised how this uh, could, could affect my life and a, a response I need to make to God or a response I've made this morning to God. Maybe offer to pray together or to share uh, what you would appreciate prayer for. Communicate intentionally. Be real. Be a real brother or sister in Christ. These are all opportunities, wonderful opportunities for God to use you within the body uh, of Christ, after the service, um, perhaps, and uh, as you're heading home or in other situations. Okay, in verses 3 to 5, how are God's people to go forward together? When you think of the word fellowship, what comes to mind? What comes to mind when you think of the word fellowship? For a lot of people, it's, oh, after church, we have a cup of tea. We have a, we have a little natter, we have a cup of tea, we have a bit of cake, and uh, it's all very nice, and we go home. That's fellowship. Well, you notice in these verses, Paul refers to the fellowship in the gospel. The fellowship in the gospel. And, and that's, you know, one of the great things I, I enjoy is, you know, you get together with brothers and sisters in a situation where you're out in, in the street, go out where all those people are, shopping centre, whatever, and uh, you're offering people a gospel leaflet. Hello, sir, can I offer you a Christian leaflet? Hello, ma'am, can I offer you a Christian leaflet? Some of them just blank you, don't look at you. Walk straight past you, you think, are they totally deaf? Are they totally deaf? Did I not even see maybe my lips are moving? Um, but uh, some, and then other people are not interested, and some people give you a scowl, and some people give you a smile, and some people say, oh, thank you very much. And some people will, you get a chance for a conversation. Um, wonderful. And so we get together, and that fellowship in the gospel. But not everyone is called to seek gospel conversations or to preach in a shopping centre. You know, you don't have to be under pressure to think, oh, I've got to do that. No, but we can all take a keen prayerful interest, a keen prayerful interest in reaching others with the gospel. One way or another, we can do that. We can, we can pray for one. Who do you say, oh, you know, brother, you were, you were out on the outreach uh, on Saturday. Um, uh, how did you go on? Did you get any good conversation? Oh, yes, I spoke to this lady called Ethel and that guy called Dan. And, oh, yeah, how did it go? And, and they tell you about it. You say, you know, pray for those people. Let's pray for those people. And so you can pray, pray for those people. Um, but taking a keen prayerful interest uh, in reaching people with the gospel of Christ. So one way or another, we can be united in gospel endeavour. We can unite evangelistically. Even if you're not out there on the team, when they get, you say, when you're going out, say, oh, Saturday at whatever time it is. Say, right, I'm going to make sure, I've got a post-it note, I'm going to stick it where I can see it. Not actually on the end of my nose, but perhaps on the boiler in the kitchen, you know, or, or some door where you've got to go keep going through. Uh, stick it on the door of the loo, you know, you've always got to go there. But um, one way, I'm going to pray for you. So you're part of the team. You're not actually out there, but you're part of the team and an important part of the team. All right, verse 6. Let's read verse 6. Verse 6. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Where are God's people to put our confidence? Would you say you're a confident person? And where is your confidence taking you? And where are you placing your confidence? Is your confidence taking you just from day to day and from year to year on planet me? I thought I'd throw that in, planet me. Somebody said planet me. I thought, doesn't that say it? Me. 
the world's all about me. No, it's not. No, it's not. No. We know it's not really. But um, where's your confidence taking you? Or is it taking you from year to year on planet me? Or is it taking you until the day of Jesus Christ as a partaker of his grace? There's a big difference, isn't there? There's a big difference. I, I, I just thank God that, uh, that I'm looking to, uh, to that day when, uh, when I'll be with my Saviour and everything in, in between is all going in that direction. You know, although the only way to be saved is by God's grace and through faith in his word, we understand that from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, when you come to verse 10... In Ephesians chapter 2, this is what we read. Speaking about we who know Christ as Saviour, we who are saved, we who love the Lord. For we are his, God's workmanship, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, we're in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God saves us in order to serve him. Oh, we talked about that earlier, didn't we? We're here to serve God. We're to, we're to walk in the good works which God has ordained us to. So, so we, it's part of our life. It's part of our day-to-day -day life. When the goodness of God blesses you and me, what then? When God blesses you, what then? Is it a case of evaporation? Oh, that was nice. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Back to normal, back to every, everything else, back to me, back to planet me. Is it about evaporation or is it about flow? Is it through you to others? Does, do you just let God's, God's blessing and God's love get as far as you and say, that's good enough, Lord, that's great, I'm happy with that? Or is it a case of, oh, Lord, thanks for that. Now, how can I, how can I let that blessing and your love flow through me? It's a bit like um, you, could, you could say, right, I'm going to be like the Dead Sea. It comes in and it stops. Or I'd rather be like the Sea of Galilee. It flows through. The Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because there's no life in it. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? You say, oh, I could have told you that, Brother Paul. The Sea of Galilee is where the fishing takes place because there's life there, because the water flows through. And let's, let's be keen to let God's blessings flow through us, through us, flow through us, and his love flow, flow through us to others. Not just to be satisfied just to know God's love, but to be devoted in channeling it, directing it to others. So you say, okay, that sounds great, but how? Because we always need to come back to where the rubber meets the road, as someone once put it. How do we do these things? How does it actually work out? Well, you can be a devoted disciple of Christ, by finding ways to support the weak. It's not too difficult to find somebody who's weak or suffering or going through difficulties and they can't quite manage to do this or whatever else it is. And we can find ways to support the weak. Just keep our ears open, keep our eyes open and be looking. We can find, be looking for ways to encourage and mentor. It's a great word, isn't it? Mentor fellow believers. Because if you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, there's something you've learned that you can pass on to others that will help them. We can be finding ways to do what we can for believers who suffer persecution for their faith and for their faithfulness. And wow, that is so, so many countries around the world where there is such, such difficult 
lives for believers from day to day because they're going to hold on to their saviour their saviour's holding on to them but they don't want to let him go they don't want to be let go by him they just not that he does of course but that they they just know who they belong to and whatever's happening whatever happens they just want to be faithful to him we can find ways to do what we can for those believers and we can find ways to be wisely generous yes with our money but also with our time with our attention got any practical skills any practical skills that you can help use to help someone or maybe some specialist knowledge there's all sorts of ways that we can be wisely generous with our time with ourselves so by god's grace each day let's pray and let's consider how we can serve him confidently serve him confidently right verses seven to eight what's uh, what's distinctive about real christian fellowship we've thought about christian fellowship uh verses seven to eight as we look here uh we read this even as it is meet or right for me to think this of you all because i have you in my heart paul says to the philippian believers in as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel you're all partakers of my grace there's something there that's distinctive about real christian fellowship take you back to um uh, just not many days ago in soli hall and uh, there's a young lady walking along she's striding along with two others uh, two of her friends colleagues neighbors whoever they are young lady and she strides past an open air gospel outreach a christian leaflet is offered to her and she refuses the gospel leaflet curtly announcing i'm a methodist christian asked if she believed in jesus as she was walking away uh, she replied with some annoyance yes and quickly left the scene isn't that so different from the warm fellowship between the handful of believers who regularly go there to share the gospel can you imagine now this lady who said i'm a methodist christian can you imagine this christian lady if she is a christian lady deciding i'm going to come back next time these people are here i'm going to come back next time these people are here maybe i can sort out these bible bashers can you imagine that? what would happen to the team's witness you know one bad apple one bad apple I don't want to be a bad apple no i you know i don't reckon she's a christian at all so people say oh i'm a christian you chat to them you find that they're trusting in themselves oh yeah, i believe in god oh yeah, i believe in jesus but they're actually trusting in themselves they've never turned from the sin to receive christ as savior okay what's distinctive about real christian fellowship real christian fellowship is to serve together confidently and to love to find ways to love each other heartily to love each other heartily i think we've got time for it a little bit further we'll look at verses 9 to 11. what does a holy spirit directed prayer life look like we've been talking about the holy spirit uh, today what does a holy spirit directed prayer life look like well verses 9 uh, through to verse 11 and this i pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may approve things that are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness 
which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now, you know, when Brother Peter prayed earlier on, uh, you know, Daniel said, Brother Peter, would you pray? And Brother Peter's prayer was a joy. It was a joy. And, and, and when he got down to specifics, oh, you know, you know it's, it's, it's definite stuff, isn't it? Definite things to thank God for. Definite uh, people and needs to pray for. Can you, um, can you imagine? Can you, uh, perhaps you've heard this sort of a prayer. Uh, Lord, please bless all the children. Please bless all the missionaries. Please bless everyone who's hurting. Amen. Well, that's, you know, there's a, there's a, good, there's a good attitude, but it's not a workmanlike attitude. It's not a very specific, you know, it's someone who says, yeah, you know, I want God to bless these people. Yeah, amen, amen. But let's be specific about our prayers, about who we're praying for, and about what we're asking God uh, to do in their lives. You know, in response to Paul's prayer, what would an answer from God look like? What would an answer from God, you know, we need to think about this. What, when I'm praying, what am I wanting God to do? What changes am I looking to see what do i want the outcome of my prayer to be like so in response to paul's prayer what would an answer from god look like well the philippians love would grow increasingly christ-like wouldn't it their lives would be discerning wise sensible sincere and thoughtful their spiritual growth would demonstrate the kind of new living that shines attractively to those around a Holy Spirit-directed believer is someone who will pray purposefully. I just trust that that is what your prayer life's like and uh, what my prayer life's like. Now, we've got, um, we've got halfway through the sausage. <laughs> There's more here. I knew there wouldn't be time for it all, but, uh, but perhaps another time I'll get a chance to come back and, uh, and, and finish off because it's one of those, uh, sometimes... I put together a message and I'm thinking, is this a message or is this a series? I'm always going, <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to, uh, you've been so, you know, you come here week by week. I think this is a, this is a, your service on a Sunday morning, after you've had one earlier, you know, it, it, it's a lot longer than most do. So I do commend you for your patience and your attention and your desire for the things of God and for the word of God and to worship. I encourage you. I do encourage you. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. Um, but I don't want to take advantage and I don't want to presume upon you. We've, we've, we've had plenty to eat on and chew on, haven't we? There's plenty. We've had plenty of that big sausage. But, um, but there's, uh, yes, there is more here. And uh, perhaps another time.